0: Welcome back to Inside the Hive. This is Emily Jane Fox. I'm here with my friend and co-host, Joe Hagan. Hey, Joe.
1: Hello, Emily. You have an interview today for us.
0: We have a, honestly, a real talker. Um, we have a registered nutritionist. Her name is Kim Shapira. She's someone I've known for a couple of years, and she's absolutely wonderful. And I got to talk to her for a story that I wrote uh, for our current issue of the magazine about a drug called Ozempic. Have you heard of it?
1: Never heard of it.
0: Okay. Well, that's because you don't live in Hollywood, and you're not in New York City at present, and you're maybe not hearing the same kind of gossip, celebrity-driven gossip that I am hearing. But I will tell you, here in LA, and definitely in New York, and, and some circles around the globe, it is the word on everybody's lips. If you have not heard about it, Ozempic is a drug that is prescribed for type 2 diabetes, and there are other drugs that are like it. Uh, There's one called Wigovi. There's one called Manjara, I believe it's called. And they are prescribed for for people who need their blood sugar levels regulated. Um, People have discovered that a side effect of taking these injections, which are, are weekly injections, is weight loss. And as you can imagine... Uh, that is a popular side effect. And so doctors Mm -hmm. in major cities and not in major cities have started prescribing these injections for people who are not, in fact, diabetic or pre-diabetic, but people who just want to lose weight and to great effect. Um, And this is something that lots of celebrities are doing. This is something that lots of non-celebrities are doing. Uh, This is something that is making telemedicine Completely explode because maybe you can't find a doctor who would give it to you, but you can literally, if you Google Ozempic, you will find several telemedicine sites that are advertising getting it in a very easy way. Wow. And uh, I think it is much easier to lie about your weight and your conditions to people who you'll never see and will never see you and don't have to take your vitals and are just in the business of of prescribing things for money. And, uh, it's a fascinating phenomenon we're seeing. And it's, um, maybe it's a miracle job or maybe it's an next fen, fen And the reality is we don't know. And Kim, who we talked to today, uh, knows a lot about this. And she knows a lot about the celebrity driven climate, uh, as someone who's been an RD in Hollywood for nearly 25 years. And uh, it's a fascinating conversation. We have an, a really fun story about it in the issue, but but getting to talk about it in depth on the podcast is something that I really, really wanted to do. And um, it's a fascinating story on pharmaceuticals, on body image, mm-hmm. on celebrity culture, on, on TikTok. I mean, I think that Ozempic, success or one of the hashtags around Ozempic has nearly 300 million views on TikTok. Like it is, this thing is spreading like wildfire. And uh, the the funny thing about Ozempic and in the story, I talked to someone who basically said like hearing the word Ozempic is sort of like Dorothy going to Oz and seeing in color for the first time. Like you can't unsee it. And so now that you know what it is, you will start realizing, oh that person doesn't just look really good because they've been eating Mm-hmm. Salmon and steamed vegetables. They've been injecting themselves every week and have lost forty pounds over the course of eight weeks.
1: I definitely feel like uh, this is going to become like a Black Mirror episode that ends poorly.
0: Who knows? I, I mean, look, the or a lot talk of people.
1: I mean, you know.
0: Uh, well, also, it's it's not. Maybe it's not just about weight. It's about health. obviously, obesity is an epidemic in this country, and it is related to so many. Uh, diseases and illnesses that cause real public health problems, and so if you are able to have an affordable drug that treats obesity and can lower public health costs, then maybe maybe it is a miracle drug, but. This is new, and uh, there are a lot of people who are not obese who are taking it for vanity reasons. And what happens when they stop it? And what happens if there are side effects? Because there has not been a long term study in people without diabetes taking these kinds of injections. And is that a risk that you are willing to take if you are not suffering for some from some of these larger things? Before we get to our interview, um, I want to just talk, uh, and I'm honoring our No Trump December, but there is something adjacent that we can talk about, and that is Michael Avenatti getting sentenced to 14 years in prison for one of the trials that he was up against. He's he's serving another five um, that will not be served concurrently. The judge requested that he serve them back-to-back. And um, you and I both came up against... Michael Avenatti in our reporting, I wrote a very long story about him Yeah. Um, that after which he was very not happy with and basically publicly tormented me for months and you interacted with him.
1: I did, a negatively. Uh, as you know, he was a drug that the uh, media was injecting for a long time to uh, <laughs> raise their uh, viewership and, and so forth. But um, it's funny because I was going through some old emails and somebody brought up Michael Avenatti and I, I was like, oh, God, I, I didn't want to think about him because I had such poor experiences with him. He was an egomaniac and who was sort of like inhaling his own fumes at a high rate of speed and was manipulative and lied and, and all the things that would become, you know, supersized as information came out about his past, because I'll never forget talking to our editor about it. I was like, I'm getting the suspicion and the feeling from news reports and things that we're starting to hear about Michael Avenatti. This is back in 2018, uh, that he's a man who is uh, running from one burning bridge to the other. And uh, boy, that turned out to be true. It was like the bridges were bigger than we thought.
0: Joe, I actually think the first time that you and I talked Mm -hmm. was about Michael Avenatti because I was assigned to do this story. And and I had come up against him a million times when I was writing about Michael Cohen and writing about Michael Cohen so frequently uh, because they were coming up against each other. And I basically spent a year of my life like all day, every day on the phone with one of the two Michaels and um, they hated each other and I was writing about both of them and they're you know, it just it was just a, a crazy another. time. Yes. yes. And um so I feel like I spent a lot of time talking about him, reporting on him, and when he got arrested in the spring of what, twenty nineteen? Yeah, something like that, um, not long after our late editor John Homans, called me and said, You gotta you gotta write a story about what's happening here and he had just been arrested and allowed me to interview him, which is unusual yes. Um, and I actually, um, I came to Los Angeles. I had just started dating my now husband and it was my first trip out to Los Angeles. And I went to his apartment building where he was living, which my now husband was not thrilled about. Mm, And um, we met, it's this big glass apartment building in Century City. We met in this common room and he had, I remember he had a paper cup of water and he was like, he was nervous and like draining every last drop from the, Mm -hmm. the cup. And he has these like bright blue, clear eyes, and we're sitting across from each other. And I, I basically said, "You're, you're, you're Icarus. Yeah. You've flown so close to the sun. Like you knew all of this was happening. You were defrauding people." Obviously, he was saying that he was innocent at the time, but uh, clearly, that is not what the jury found here. Um, but he was defrauding his clients. He was um, not paying taxes. He was doing all sorts of sundry things and yet he was running for president and involving himself in every scandal that was that was exploding at the time even though no one was really asking himself asking for him to be involved and um i said to him like why did you do this if you knew all this was happening and he cried mm. and and broke down and at the time i remember leaving and, and calling my dad and saying like what a great interview it was and I was like, am I Oprah? Like, did I just make this yeah. very tough man cry? Like, am I incredible? And in my over the course of my reporting of the story, I talked to several people who had known him for many, many years, way before any of this, who independently just brought up the fact that whenever they would corner him, he would start to cry mm. uh, as a way to manipulate them. And I was like, oh.
1: Yeah, it goes deep, I'm not man.
0: Oprah. Yeah. I'm not Oprah. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I fell for the same thing that many, many people had fallen for before. And I think I wrote an honest depiction of this, you know, this master manipulator. And he was so unhappy with the story. And for, you know, I think at the time he had a million followers on Twitter or something crazy. Yeah, he was a real um,
1: hot to trot there for a while. And he had a lot of um, people uh, romantically interested in in him on Twitter, as I recall. He was like like a a real real star of the moment.
0: There was a New York Times magazine profile about him that basically was like talking about how he had 8% body fat and,
1: yep. you know, it was, was in a sports car zipping around.
0: Exactly. Yeah, like he was, he was, people really thought he was the person to beat the man who shall not be named in December and really thought that they were going to sling mud at each other. You know, it, uh, we, we had, we used to have a, uh, a Vanity Fair summit every fall on the West coast for was and San Francisco and then in Los Angeles. And I interviewed him on stage, I guess it was fall of 2018 um, for the summit. And I remember asking him like, what are the skeletons, if you're going to run for president, what are the skeletons in your closet? Mm. And he gave me some like, yeah. you know, dumb, dodgy answer. Yeah. And, uh, if I had only known yes, the, the real, I thought he was going to say like, I was not nice to my first wife or obviously something terrible like that, but yeah. but not, I couldn't have imagined what, what kind of skeletons were in that closet. And um, I used to get asked a lot, like, were you scared covering the Trump family? Were you scared covering some of the more sundry characters surrounding them? Um, and there were times that it didn't, didn't feel pleasant to go up against people who yeah, criminals or crooks or play dirty.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I think that the most scared I've ever felt was when Michael Avenatti was harassing me on Twitter to his million followers who were very rabid mm-hmm. followers of him. Like I legitimately was getting threats from people and I didn't know what he was capable of, and I didn't know what these people were capable of. And
1: well, and, and, and you probably sensed that he was desperate, and you know, too. Uh, this is a
0: man, you know, I don't know, these, these charges and allegations were dropped, but I interviewed his former girlfriend, who was his girlfriend during all of this, for that story. And she made some very serious allegations of domestic assault and abuse, um, physical and verbal. And again, the, there was no charges were ever filed in that. And he vociferously denied all of that. Um, But I sat down with this woman multiple times and she had a a harrowing story to tell. And sitting across from this young woman and knowing what she was saying, I was very scared. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was a super crazy, scary time. And so the news that he's going to prison is... It's news to me. It's relevant to me. Well,
1: it's... um, I was trying to think... uh, have I ever interviewed anybody or who have I known in my journalistic career who's gone to prison for that long and I can't oh, name Oh,
0: I, now I have like a very long list because <laughs> so many, so many of these Trump folks yes, surrounding right. him have gone to I prison. Forgot, I truly Michael feel Cohen. like I went to prison uh, not for my own deeds but for reporting. Yep. Um, yeah, I before Trump stuff, I had obviously had no uh, interaction with anyone in prison and now I feel like
1: Yeah. Got a whole roster. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, an ambulance-chasing lawyer from Los Angeles, who would have thunk it? Uh, You know, it was like uh, he was in the John Edwards mode where, like, the charm is all there. He's a great lawyer. He was successful to a degree, but he got way out over his skis and then decided to keep himself in the air through false means and— the uh, pyramid scheme to mix metaphors constantly well, got too big. Here's
0: here's, here's the uh, the reality is that when you run for president to outrun the law, yeah. the law catches up. And let that be a lesson to other people who may yes. be considering running for president in order to get out of their legal hot water.
1: As we sit here, it, it is entirely relevant to mention that the uh, breaking news over the Times website, which will be... Not news for people listening to this tomorrow or the next day, which is that the House January 6th committee is about to make uh, criminal referrals uh, about somebody in the investigation, uh, criminal referrals to the DOJ. Um, You know, I imagine there's a high likelihood that's Donald Trump, another person running from the law, uh, you know, running for president in in an attempt to escape the law. So there we are. We wrapped that one in a neat little bow.
0: There you go. Uh, well, let's get into this interview with with Kim Shapira on Ozempic. It's honestly, it's fantastic and it's something that I really feel like your eyes will now be open to uh, a little secret that is proliferating Hollywood and New York and across the country. and you can decide if it's for for good or for bad. Yep. I am here with Kim Shapira, who is a registered dietitian for almost 25 years in Hollywood. Kim, I've known you for years, very luckily. Um, And I think that the way you talk about nutrition, about food, about people's relationship to food and their bodies is so measured. And it's incredibly rare in this age of social media extremes, particularly in Hollywood. So you were the first person I wanted to reach out to when I started to hear... The name Ozempic and the the drugs like Ozempic. And I reached out to you to talk to, uh, to talk to you for a story that I wrote for this issue of Vanity Fair. But I have to hear your opinion on this again, because the attention on this is just so hot. So first of all, welcome. And then I want to get into asking the million questions to you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And okay,
2: shoot, I'm ready. Okay.
0: So Let's just do a basic explainer on what these drugs are. Um, the most, I would say, commonly talked about one is called Ozempic, but there's also Wegovy, there's uh, Munjaro. Uh, how are they intended to be used? How do they work? And what has been happening when people are using them?
2: They were intended to be used to control blood sugar. And as a side effect, people's appetite was decreasing and there was weight loss happening. And so it became, you know, there was a tipping point. It's been around for a while. And there was a tipping point when, um, you know, anything that causes weight loss kind of gets everyone's attention. But what I love about it is the blood sugar control, because as a registered dietitian, my degree is in human metabolism and clinical nutrition. And I am in this practice to make people healthy And to have balanced bodies. And so the link to longevity and decreasing all diseases is blood sugar control. So this is a very good thing that's happening. The problem is that we could end up with a fen-fen problem on the other end. How how could it turn into a fen-fen problem on the other end? So like you said, I've been in practice for 25 years. And what has been important to me is people's health. I got into this practice to make people healthy. And then I started noticing that people cared less about the food they were eating and more just about keeping the weight off, but they couldn't do it because there were so many um, mixed signals or emotional issues around food. And so I changed gears and started focusing on why people eat rather than what they were eating so I could help people sustain the Mm -hmm. weight loss. I always was interested in what is happening the day after you lose the weight. Like, don't lose weight for a wedding. Don't lose weight for a party. Learn how to maintain your weight. Let's change your goal. And so my problem with Ozempic could be that people are not getting support while they're taking it. And so they're not learning how to address the emotional stuff because they're not feeling the emotional stuff. Well, this is so interesting because I want to just talk a little bit about how
0: this is working and how people are getting it. So this is a a semi-glutide, as they call it, right? And and, and it was developed to help people with type 2 diabetes to regulate blood sugar. And it seems like um, both in terms of the studies and the research and anecdotally, it is kind of an incredible drug for people who have type 2 diabetes. It's really helping them and other diseases. diseases. And um, the side effect of, of it helping people who are... Overweight and have related health problems from heart issues to the PCOS, PCOS.
2: polycystic ovarian, exact
0: mm-hmm. exactly to the myriad of problems that you can have um, by being overweight, overweight or not eating properly. Uh, it seems like an incredibly helpful tool in that. Um, The issue that I have been hearing as I reported this story, and just anecdotally, as someone who lives in Los Angeles, is there are a lot of people who don't have a medical need for it, who are somehow getting a prescription for it in order to lose weight for vanity rather than for health. Is that something that you're picking up on? Mm,
2: You know, that's a loaded statement in the fact that, you know, our mental health is a component. And so let's just say, I mean, we're talking about somebody who's five pounds overweight or someone's 10 pounds, someone's 20 pounds. At the end of the day, our weight contributes to our health, right? In some way, our our weight contributes. And if we change our weight, we change our health. So as long as we're mentally stable and sound and we're doing it in a way that we're learning how to maintain it, I do see the plus side because- You know, metabolic syndrome, basically syndrome X or fat man's disease, basically says that your blood sugars are high, your triglycerides are high, your blood pressure is high. And this is all changed by controlling your weight. So if you lose weight, all these diseases go away. So there's a ton of different diseases that this drug touches upon. And so it, it's loaded only in the fact that if somebody has 20 pounds to lose and it is could be vanity related, how are they feeling about themselves? Is it keeping them from doing something physical or taking care of themselves or pushing themselves in other areas? And is this the one thing that's getting in their way? Do I think that's narrow-minded and sad? I want to support them in knowing that they're more than their weight, of course. But there's a lot of people who, would fight me on that. A lot of my clients who were like, it's very important. I won't be happy until I lose this weight. And then I always find that my job is to say, let me show you how you can be happy. Let me show you what you're missing. And you can also still get to your goal weight.
0: Sure. sure. And I, there are two parts of this that I want to pick up on. And, but before I do, it's important to understand that this is a drug that is injected every week that you need a yes. prescription for that does not come without side effects. Um, and you and I talked about the side effects of this and, um, one of them is, is extreme nausea, right? Especially when you first starting out extreme nausea Mm -hmm. Um, and to the point,
2: not for everybody, but most people, I would say a high percentage to the point where
0: people are also taking medication to help them with the nausea, particularly at the beginning.
2: Which then causes constipation.
0: Correct. Yes. Um, and and some people are reporting having headaches and fatigue and you see some doctors out there in the press saying it could lead to pancreatitis and all sorts of things that who knows. The other thing is, correct me if I'm wrong, there haven't been studies about what this does long term period, but particularly for people who don't have type
2: two diabetes as it was intended. Is that that's right? That is correct. Because again, this medication wasn't intended for weight loss. It was controlling blood sugars. Um, It's hard to know long term. And that is, of course, where my fear lies. And it's also how exciting for doctors to be able to have this tool to give to people who are desperate. I personally know that every single one of these people could do it. By following all six of my rules, right? Like it's, it's talking about hunger. It's talking about sure. starting with half and seeing if you need more. This medication is stopping people from eating the other half of their portion. So if anyone who's listening and they don't take this medication, they still have the tools within them that aren't going to cause possible side effects that we know about. Sure.
0: Or right? the ones we don't know about, right? Yes. Yeah.
2: Or the ones we don't know about, Right. And so I do believe if you're being medically supervised, you know, you need to be medically supervised. Sure. And you also need to be working on lifestyle changes to maintain whatever progress you're going to have.
0: Okay. We're going to get to the maintenance, but I want to talk about that doctor supervision. I found this in my reporting and I've since seen this in other reporting. Um, And if you Google Ozempic right now, your first results coming up will be to telemedicine sites that allow you to pay basically to be seen by them for their, for them to give you a prescription for this. And that scares me. This is like, this is a drug that we don't know a ton about and you're basically paying for access to lose weight in a quick way without any kind of supervision. And I wouldn't like tell anyone I know or love to do it that way. That doesn't feel like a helpful thing. Um, It feels a little bit scary to me. What are your thoughts on people just going on telemedicine? I, I know personally people who have not been truthful in their own telemedicine calls because maybe they're not as overweight as they say they are, but they really want to get this prescription. Um, and, and I know people who have been turned away at real life doctors because they are not as overweight as, um, as they're required to be by that particular doctor and then have gone to telemedicine.
2: Oh my gosh, it's so loaded on so many levels because you are dealing with desperate people. Yes, of course. So um, I would strongly suggest finding a medical program that can help you and even interview you and make sure that you are the right kind of candidate. Um, Like right now, I am working with a doctor to, I haven't seen any of her patients yet, but she has access to, you know, my method and how I can support her patients. Again, I haven't seen any of them yet, but it is available to every one of her patients so they can have these lifestyle skills. That's amazing. Yeah. And that that is geared towards patients who have PCOS specifically. And so there is an interview process. She is doing a checklist to make sure you're a candidate. She is turning you down if you're not. And that's the way it should be done.
0: Sure. Because you have, um, and for anyone who is not familiar with Kim, you should go look up what she does and, and how she thinks about food and, and her, her rules are really to say that their rules is like almost unfair to them because they're just a very solid way of thinking about nutrition and about your relationship to it. Uh, and they are the kinds of rules that I would tell to my daughter. Uh, they feel really, really reasonable yeah. and really, really healthy and happy. Um, but. The thing that is also in my mind is, okay, so let's say you do not want to stay on this drug forever. And I would imagine that not everyone wants to get injections for the rest of their life, particularly if they're not covered by insurance and they can be expensive. And you're just doing this as a quick fix to a problem that I know people feel is a real problem. But if they go off of this, it's not like your habits immediately change if, if they were not changed in this process or they haven't done the hard work or did they stand to gain the weight back?
2: I agree. And I will tell you, I've been seeing a few clients on Ozempic um, for the last year and some had no business getting it. Some were over 200 pounds and rightly needed it in their sure. case. Okay. So in the case where the client shouldn't have gotten it, but was desperate enough to get it, it's I can convince her not to take it. I can talk to her all about the potential side effects and what it might look like on the other end. But what is really important is that she is spending week after week with me working on practices Mm. that she can use when she gets off because she's coming from a desperation and fear. And this is not, she's not the only one. And so I could turn her down because I don't agree with the practice or I can support her. Like I would if somebody said I want to, you know, follow keto or I want to just eat meat. I would say, here's what I think about that. And let me show you how to do it in the best possible way where you can take care of yourself that is more sustainable, right? Like it's really tricky. It's really tricky because if it's not me helping her, I'm really afraid for the person, you know, what would happen.
0: don't know if you ever, you probably don't because you have a life, but if you follow celebrity gossip, yes, if you follow celebrity gossip accounts online, on Instagram, on TikTok, you see that a lot of celebrities are rumored to be taking this. And if you're a young teenager and you're idolizing these people who have hundreds of millions of followers on the internet, You're going to say, I want to take this too. I want the quick fix. And that, that like makes my skin crawl.
2: I, I agree with you a hundred percent and it's out there. It's happening. It scares me. And I'm raising three daughters and, you know, we've had lots of conversations. I'm seeing it for myself. Not that I'm following the gossip, but I am seeing it because it's very apparent of what is happening. And so, um, Again, I have planted seeds in my own children to focus less on weight and more on what their body is telling them and their own cues. And so eating disorders, disordered eating has been rampant for both of our entire lives and way before we've been around. This is very scary for a lot of reasons. And it's there. It's happening. We're in in it. So I think the best thing that we can do is support these young adults in the best way without bringing attention to another person's weight. I mean, there's just so much conversation about their weight and their weight loss. And in no way would I ever approach any person in real life and talk about their weight. And I'm a dietitian. I wouldn't acknowledge that they lost weight. I'm not just seeing them for losing weight. So this is a big problem. You know, I problem. think that
0: on on TikTok as we record this, the hashtag about Ozempic success there are 300 million views of that hashtag. Oh and gosh. um that is significant to me and that is I don't think that that's that's not all going to translate into people trying to get Ozempic, but it certainly is contributing to a real fascination around weight and and doing it yeah. in a quick way and as I was reporting the story. And I was sort of just trying to look at the history of people trying to rely on quicker fixes for weight loss. And this goes back,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, tens and tens and tens of years to pet pills with Judy Garland. And uh, I was looking at just women's magazines from the heyday of Hollywood and women eating a, a grapefruit a day, basically, in order to, to look a certain oh way gosh. for a part. And then you see women today Trying to lose 16 pounds in two weeks to fit into a dress for an inconsequential red carpet, and yeah. using something like Ozempic um, to get there, and then having hundreds of millions of people follow that online is that that really scares me. And it just feels like this could go in the in the wrong direction. But then on the other hand, we know what an incredible issue, an epidemic obesity is in this country and all the health problems. And so I'm torn between, is this a miracle drug or is this like the demise of good culture around our bodies and healthy eating and, and putting in the work to have a healthy relationship with our bodies?
2: I think that's well said. And I think it can be both. I think if we handle it right, it can be both. And like, I don't think it's a quick weight loss. So let's be super clear that it is still slow. And nobody should be under eating on this. It's balancing your blood sugar. So what I love about it is that people are getting hungry. It is not preventing hunger. And hunger is our absolute best friend. It means that our metabolism is going and our body is thriving. So people are getting hungry. And then it's also giving you the signal at the halfway point that you've had enough. And what's so good about this is when we eat and start with half, It allows us to get hungry again in two and a half, three hours. That's a normal metabolism. That is exactly what I am passionate about, right? Regulating blood sugar, eating every two and a half to three hours based on hunger. So it's not super quick. It could be two to six pounds a month. You know, there were some diet fads where they were recommending more than eight pounds in a month and nobody should lose more than eight pounds in a month. It's it's very dangerous for our body. So again, it, it could go either way. And with the right support, it could really turn around the obesity epidemic. And also people can normalize the way they eat just by starting with half. Like it's, They could do it on their own too. And we do need to turn around the obesity epidemic. We also need to prevent eating disorders and more mental health problems. So it's a bigger issue.
0: Well, I'm so happy that you stopped by to handle all these bigger issues with us and explain them in such a thoughtful way. Find Kim Shapira. She is so smart in how she talks about all of this. I'm so grateful for your
1: time. Thank you for having me.